Good morning. I am so glad you are here with us this morning. Um, today, we are starting a brand new series on joy, uh, which is kind of interesting, uh, you know, thinking about what 2020 has been like, I'm sure you're thinking. Um, it's probably not been the year that you have anticipated. You may have found yourself without a job, battling sickness, uh, maybe feeling isolated and depressed. But, you know, maybe like me, on the first week of quarantine, way back when that was first happening, you maybe felt trapped and scared. I found myself, you know, sweeping the floor of my kitchen and then being consumed by the thought of never being able to be with my friends or family again. Um, and even though I knew that wasn't what was actually going to happen, it still made me feel really freaked out. And that cued anxiety for me. So, like I said, I knew that wasn't rationally going to happen, but um, I had to stop right there and I had to give those feelings to God. And I told him how I was feeling. I gave those anxious feelings to him and he was faithful that day and removed those thoughts um, and those feelings. I didn't dwell on them and let them take root in my mind. God won the battle for me that day. Um, and I was able to find joy even in the midst of sweeping my floor in the middle of a quarantine. So, Maybe you are struggling right now still. The battle has not yet been won for you. But let me tell you something, there is hope. I want you to type into the comments right now that there is hope. So you can overcome this battle. And listen to this, you can actually have joy. So joy doesn't necessarily mean happiness, uh, but it means contentment and peace and where we are in life. You can experience joy in what is left of 2020 and even experience joy going into 2021. So let's talk about the Apostle Paul. Paul was an individual that never really had a good day. So if you look at his life in scripture, you see he lived a life of unfortunate events. So he was shipwrecked. He was bitten by poisonous snakes. He was beaten multiple times. He was thrown into prison multiple times, and he was even stoned. And I'm not talking the recreational kind, like literal stones. He was stoned. But um, he was one of the most joyful people in Scripture. How can that be? That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But that's what this series is about, teaching you the things that are probably not new to you, but maybe you just never put them into practice. So they're not things that you know, you can't do, but maybe you just haven't ever started doing them. So 2 Corinthians 6.10 says, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. So here Paul is saying, I'm full of sorrow. He wants to ball up in a corner and he wants to cry. He says, but, and yet I am choosing to be joyful. He says, I don't have a dime to my name and yet I'm making others rich. I have nothing, yet I actually possess everything. He's a guy that decided to choose joy. In this series, we're gonna talk about four different choices. And if you make these four choices, I promise that there is joy on the other side. So today's the first choice. And it's the first choice because it's the first thing that we should be doing. The first thing we need to do is pray. So I want you to type in the comments, pray first. This is what we need to do before anything else. So when you're about to start your week, you, you know, attend a church service. So if you're attending with us right now, great job, got that done. Um, and you pray first. When you're about to go out the door to work, you should 
pray first. When you're about to respond to that email, you should pray first. When you're about to post on social media, you need to not post it. Just kidding. You need to pray first. So we are not going to act first. We are going to pray first. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. So we're going to quickly break down chapter 4 Philippians uh, to learn about being joyful through prayer. The interesting thing about this, um, in the, the book of Philippians was written by Paul while he was in prison. So let's think about this for a minute. The book in the Bible that is most known for being about joy was written in a dark, dirty, nasty prison cell. Probably not the place where most people would be bursting at the seams to talk about joy, right? But Paul was able to find joy even in the darkest moments of his life there. So let's look at verse 4 and 5. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So the thing to take note of here is the re and rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I want you to type rejoice in the comments. So you have some joy and now it's time to re-up on it. So re, 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 keep on going. Keep making the choice to be joyful. And he wants to make sure you heard it. He says, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Now, you could be thinking, I'm in the middle of a really hard time right now, and you want my gentleness to be evident to all? How is that going to happen? Paul tells us, the Lord is near. So the next thing Paul does is he starts talking about prayer. And this is the passage that I think connects joy and prayer best. So when you outline the chapter, you see there are five things that prayer does that it produces that all result in joy. So the first one is prayer replaces worry. So oftentimes you go into prayer and you're worried. Did you know that the English, that in English, the root word for worry is to strangle? So uh, it feel, you feel like you can't breathe, like you're being choked. And maybe some of you are feeling the weight of your job or providing for your family, and you feel like you're being choked under the pressure. But the Bible says, no, I have joy for you. You just haven't figured out how to get it. So in the next verse, it says, do not be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be stressed out about anything. It goes on to say, but pray. So what worry does is it borrows from the future. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm afraid it's going to happen. I'm giving emotions now that really don't belong now. They belong in the future. So think of it this way. If you're worried about something and it doesn't happen, then you've worried twice. If you're worried about something and then it doesn't happen, then you've worried in vain. Can you relate to this? I'm sure you can think of a few situations, maybe even this week, where this has happened. Um, you've worried and, you know, it didn't happen the way you thought it would. I know that I've worried way more than I should have about things that I have no control over. But how do we rid ourselves of worry? Jesus gives us an answer for this. He says in Matthew 6, 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? In other words, you're putting an emotion in the future that doesn't belong in your now. He goes on to say in verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Isn't that right? Each day has enough trouble of its own. So have you ever had those times when you're playing with your kids and you find yourself starting to think about what the future is going to be like for them? I know I have. 
my mind starts to wonder, you know, what is life going to be like for them later with the world the way that it is now? And I start to worry about that for them. But I have to remember that it may or may not happen the way that I think it's going to. Uh, right now, I need to be playing with my kids and just being present in the now is where I need to be. So worrying really reveals something about our relationship with God and our condition of prayer. Because what we worry about most is where we trust God the least. So did you catch that? What we worry about the most reveals where we trust God the least. So what do we do? We pray. We release these worries to God because what good is it going to do to continue to worry about things that we have no control over anyways? Why not grab some joy for the now? I want you to type in the comments, grab some joy. So the next thing that prayer does is prayer relinquishes control. So some of you have never prayed like this before. You've never relinquished control. You want to co-control with God. But Paul says, no, no, no. In verse 6, he says, by prayer and petition. And then notice this detail he sneaks in there. He says, with thanksgiving. He says, I'm going to thank you in advance for what you're going to do to take care of this situation. And he says, present your request to God. So the word present means to lay it down. You're laying down your worries at his feet and saying, hey, now it's yours. And verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you've presented it, if you've given it to God, you will have peace because it can't be my problem and God's problem at the same time. It just doesn't work. I want you to type into the comments, it's not my problem, because if you've given it to God, then it isn't. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The word cast here means to literally throw on, like here you go. So if you think about casting a fishing rod, you cast it, you let it go. You don't hold on to part of it and then like try and throw your, your line out. It doesn't work that way. The same thing goes with casting your worries to God. You need to talk to God about what you're going through. But then you can't walk out the door with it. You either leave it or you don't. If you're carrying it, you don't have to. Prayer relinquishes control. And the next thing that prayer does is prayer regulates my thinking. So we come into prayer with our minds full of junk. So if I can be honest, there's way too much junk coming into our eyes and our ears then that is more dishonoring to God than ever before. We read all those Facebook comments about ourselves. We watch all those TikTok videos. And yes, this week I did download TikTok. And uh, one, it makes me feel really old. But two, I also wasted about 45 minutes um, after downloading it for the first time. Uh, watching these videos, that was not a great use of my time, for sure. But anyway, so we watch these videos, we read these comments, and our mind, it gets polluted. You don't need me to tell you this. You don't need me to be your Holy Spirit. But you know that your mind is getting polluted by these things. You may be saying, well, I have a filter, so, you know, it's okay. But the truth is, your filter is clogged. We need to come into prayer asking God to wash our minds. So when we're in prayer, we need to ask God to help us think about what the next verse in Philippians says. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Where do you get that kind of thinking? 
in prayer. So we're going to, like Colossians 3, 2 says, think about things of heaven, not the things of earth. And a lot of times we think about prayer as God coming down and meeting with us, but it's actually us going up and meeting with God. We're going there to get our mind right. So something that you may consider doing is doing some type of media fast, whether you're fasting from social media, from um, Netflix, watching a bunch of TV shows, uh, or the news even, because the news is pretty terrible also. Um, maybe you should consider fasting from those things because I know that when I've done them in the past, my mind is more clear, my mood is better, and I use my times so much more wisely. But it allows me that time to get my mind right again. So, so far, just to recap things, because I'm talking pretty quick, prayer, four, three things. I'm on number three. Three things that prayer does. Prayer replaces worry. Prayer relinquishes control. And prayer regulates my thinking. So number four then, prayer reveals contentment. We go into prayer thinking, I need, I need, I need this, I need that. But then we end prayer thinking, I have all I need. You are all I need, God. In this life, it's easy to grab for more, for more riches, for more attainment, for more status, for more fill in the blank. But Solomon, who was known as someone with great wisdom, talks in the beginning of the book of Ecclesiastes um, about all the things in life that were meaningless. So he had all the money he could ever want. Um, he had all the clothing he could ever want. He had all the palaces he could ever want and the best food that he could ever want. There was nothing that Solomon wanted that he could not have. But he says this, everything was meaningless. It didn't matter how much he had or how much he thought he needed. All that mattered in the end was a relationship with God. And the same is true with us. We can think we need all the time because there's always something we need, right? But Paul says, when I pray in verse 12, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now, where did he learn the secret of contentment? The Lord is near by being in prayer. In prayer, we realize that God is the only thing that satisfies, the only thing that brings contentment. That's why David says in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So if you add in because before that, it just adds a whole new depth to this verse. It's because the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. It's not because I have the new iPhone 12 on pre-order that I have all that I need. It's not because I landed my dream job that I have all that I need. It's because the Lord is my shepherd that I have all that I need. The Lord is near. So something you can pray is, I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. When you're feeling discontent, I want you to pray that. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. There have been countless times when we have wondered where the finances were going to come from to pay for bills. But we took our needs to God and he provided tenfold. He provided richly. He's been so faithful in providing for my family that I do not need to put my trust in riches because I know how richly God provides. When you get to the point of contentment where you don't have any needs and you believe that God is all your need, trust me, there is joy on the other side. 
And then here's the last one. Prayer relies on God. So now that we know our true areas of need, we can say verse 13, which starts out, I can. I can take on this week. I can do my job. I can be a good parent. All the places that scare me, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And then verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I can, and my God will. I want you to type that into the comments. I can, and my God will. How often do you rely on God instead of trying to rely on yourself? When you start your day without prayer, it makes a difference. It's like saying, God, I got this today. I know you have other things to do, but more important things. So I'm just gonna handle this day on my own. I've had days like this where I don't think I need God's help. And you know where I end up? Short-tempered, frustrated, and annoyed at myself that I wasn't the best person that I could have been that day. The, the days where I'm constantly bringing things back to God though, when I'm saying, God, help me. God, help me to love that person like you do. God, help me to see them the way that you do. God, take care of this kid's attitude before I lose my mind. Those kind of prayers. I find myself having more joy because of that. So we can do everything through him who gives us strength. He will meet all our needs plus some. And I promise you that there is joy found when we pray because it leads to a place of contentment. So there's a verse in Proverbs that I want you to make your theme verse for this week. It's Proverbs 16:20, and it says, those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. So I want you to draw a nice big circle around that in your Bible, underline it, get out your highlighters, write it somewhere you can see it, put it on your mirror, write it on a sticky note, stick it to your steering wheel, or even make it the lock screen of your phone. So we actually made up a little image for you. If you wanna do that, you can text the word joy to 610-590-8550, and we'll send you an image um, with that verse on it to remind you that you can have joy. So maybe you've listened to all this and you've never before prayed, at least not with purpose or to God specifically. You may not even know what it's like to have a relationship with God or for God to be near, to trust in him. But I want you to know that there is a God who loves you and created you to be in relationship with him. He wants to talk to you. He wants to hear your worries and your anxiety and your needs. The problem is our sin and or the mistakes that we make throughout our lives. When we lie or we get jealous, when we get angry when we shouldn't, these are things that make a gap between us and God because we are imperfect and he is perfect. Our relationship is then broken. No matter how hard we try to build a bridge of good deeds and good things to restore our relationship with God, it falls short. But there is one who was sent to be a bridge to connect us back to God, and that bridge is Jesus. He lived a perfect life and came to bring us life to the fullest, a life free of the anxieties of this world, one that is full of joy. He died on the cross for our sins, and he was raised again on the third day, conquering death and conquering sin. But every person, no matter how terrible you think you are, or no matter how many mistakes you think that you've made, you can trust in Jesus and have eternal life if you trust in Jesus alone. This is a life of joy and peace, one of relationship with your heavenly father that loves you so much. That can begin now and it will last here on earth and then into eternity. If you've never made the decision to accept Jesus as your savior, 
and what I said today makes sense, I want you to pray with me now to do just that. And it's nothing that you're saying that's magical because in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Nothing else, that is it. So pray with me now if you want to do that. God, I know that I've messed up and I've made mistakes and I ask you to forgive me of those things. I know that I cannot find joy and peace in this world without you. I know that Jesus died on the cross for me and was raised from the dead so that I could have a right relationship with you. And now, as honestly as I know how, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you've prayed that prayer today, um, or if you have any questions, I want you just to text the word Jesus to 610-590-8550 because we wanna celebrate with you or answer any questions that you have. We wanna start this journey with you and walk alongside you. But I wanna end my time with you today with this verse in Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that is my prayer for you today, but let's close this time in prayer. God, I just thank you um, for how much you love us. I thank you that you desire for us to live a life of joy. I pray against any anxiety that um, anyone may be feeling today, any fear, any um, isolation that they may be feeling, God. I pray that you remove it and replace it with your joy and your peace. Um, God, I pray that you help us to, to, be in to be in communication with you, to be coming to you in prayer and bringing our needs before you so that we can uh, just cast off any anxiety that we may be feeling. I thank you for how much you love us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.